Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast, it is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life and what next steps you need to take to get there. Welcome to episode 12. I am your host, Darren Johnson, and this episode is all about leadership and how we can become better at leading others and building high-performing teams, developing a strong culture, and there is none better than our guest. I'm so excited about this. We're joined by Tim Schurer. Tim is the author of a brand new book called The Secret Society of Success. Stop chasing the spotlight and learn to enjoy your work and life again. Tim's background is incredible. He spent 10 years as the VP of Talent Management and Culture at StoryBrand, was the right hand to Donald Miller for almost a decade there, and he also worked at Tom Shoes and Apple under Steve Jobs, and he's learned a lot about leadership and about building a culture where teams win and a culture that gets the most out of people, much, much more than just the bottom line. While this message is going to apply to everyone at all stages of life, and no matter what your vocation is or wherever you find yourself, for those of you that are in leadership or brand new in leadership and building teams and leading teams, there's no more important job that we have, no more important vocation than leading others. The amount of lives that we can change when we lead others is truly countless. And we all have seen examples of great leaders and leaders who need a little bit of work. And let's use this podcast, this conversation as a way for all of us as leaders to get just a little bit better and to learn from one another. And this conversation, I think, will help us do that. So welcome to episode 12. And here is Tim Schurer. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Ah, thanks so much. I, I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. So listen, uh, for those who don't know your story, I gave a little bit of it, but I'm sure there's a whole lot more. What do we need to know about Tim and your background? Oh, man. So it's been such a wild journey, really speaking through this book, which is a, a huge part of um, me trying to write down my story and, and so much of what I've been learning over the last decade plus. But you know what, what I think is interesting, I, I kick off the whole book with the story of Michael Collins, and, and it ties into to the question that, that you asked. So you know, if you look back at Apollo 11, you know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this story. You, you have Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you know, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And what's interesting and, and what a lot of people don't know is there's actually a third astronaut on that mission, and his name was Michael Collins. So you have Michael Collins. He ubers Neil and Buzz to the moon and then drops them off so that they can do these various tasks on the moon. And, you know, what, what would make this a pretty miserable story is if Michael Collins comes back to Earth and, you know, would act like a victim to the press, saying something like, well, it sure would have been nice to actually walk on the moon or, you know, something like that. But, but that's not at all what he said. And what he said and why this is such a meaningful and, and impactful story to me is, he said and talked about how grateful he was to have had one of the three seats. Mm. He was grateful to have been a part of that mission and to have played his role. And, you know, what I find to be so interesting is in a lot of the conversations I think that are happening right now in culture, there's this idea that we actually have to have walked on the moon to be happy or walked on the moon to be successful. And so, you know, what, what I've been so inspired by with Michael Collins' story and how that really relates to my life, and as I try to frame up what my life you know, has been over the last decade plus, it's I've actually found a bunch of contentment being more like Michael Collins and, and finding my fulfillment and my satisfaction in my work 
whether or not I had the spotlight. And so, you know, re reverse back to when I was in college, I, I really wanted to be a musician and, you know, like the punchline, I wanted to be famous. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stand on stages in front of, you know, thousands of people. And what I've, I've learned over the last several years is so much of the fulfillment that I now have in my life is from my ability to start to see, I actually am very content playing a role on the team. And you know, it's me stopping chasing that spotlight or, or kind of these un, this, this unhealthy desire for attention and recognition that I had. And I've really matured to, you know, redefine success in a little bit of a different way, using people like Michael Collins as inspiration for the person that I want to become. And that person is more interested in finding a definition of a success, finding a definition of success that is much more sustainable um, and, and one that actually allows me to look at the way that I live my life and, you know, be more interested in helping others win and serving others and, you know, being a part of something bigger than myself. Th these are new ways that I've, I've come to define success. And uh, so that, that's a part of, of this journey that I've been on. And it's one that I'm constantly uh, engaging in. It's, it's kind of the path that I want to head on for the next several years as well. That's great, Tim. Uh, and by the way, I did not know about Michael Collins. So thanks. Thank you for introducing him in the book. It's a great story. And I know for the for those who are listening as well, I'll bet for you have not heard of Michael Collins either. And uh, really a great way of looking at this different version of success. Tell me, though, for you, Tim, what was the old Tim like? I mean, I'm really interesting and interested in where your future is going. But what what paradigm were you under before uh, on thinking about success? Yeah. I used to think that um, success looked like um, really stepping into that spotlight, climbing the ladder, you know, getting that next promotion or that next job. And so much of it was about me um, and how others thought of me. Um, you know, a handful of years ago, uh, there was a season of my life where I really was chasing this idea of, you know, wanting a million dollar house. Mm. And so there's this, this neighborhood that's just a, a couple miles down the road from my house right now. And when I tell you that the houses in that neighborhood are, are kind of amazing, crazy nice, it, it's an understatement. I mean, these mansions, most of them are between two and three million, but the cheapest house you can get is a million dollars. Oh my. I started to realize the real reason why I wanted one of these houses. And what it was, was I wanted to appear successful to all of my friends. Mm. Because if I was actually the owner of one of those houses, um, it, everyone would look at me and be like, I don't know what he does, but man, that guy is successful. But what I found is um, pretty quickly, I became pretty dissatisfied with my current life. Oh, um, I wasn't making enough money. Uh, my car wasn't nice enough. My house clearly wasn't nice enough. It's interesting how what came to be a pretty innocent, let's look at success, became a, a pretty quick road to a bunch of comparison and discontent. And what I was missing in that was gratitude. Like I, I have everything that I need. And yet I found 
I was really discontent with my life because I was striving after this thing, this vision of success that um, I actually don't think is super fulfilling. So the problem was my intention for wanting that house, right? So um, fame, money, power, these things are not bad at all. But what I have found is we need to just check ourselves whenever it is that we're wanting or chasing something else. Yeah, no, it's easy to it's easy to fall into that trap. My goodness. I mean, with social media and with just normal being human nature, for those who are listening and you may be in the car right now driving to work, you may be at home listening to this and you, you clearly have big goals in your life. But what Tim is laying down here is really, uh, really, really something to, to ponder for a moment. Here's what I heard, Tim, in this, that yeah, it's okay, right? Think about what is your goal. Name it. What is the goal you have for your life? Maybe more importantly is the why. Why is that so important to you? So that allows you to do what? More of or differently? And give us some coaching here. How do we help determine if that why is what leads us to be part of this secret society? And, and are we focused in the right way? What, what do you think of that? It's very subjective for every person. And so, you know, I can give all sorts of things in my life that, you know, maybe would lead me into an unhealthy mindset, but it's really up to each person to determine for themselves if they're on a good track. And I think you feel it. Yeah. I think, you know, you know. I think that's where you get to look at your life and start to, um, like you just said, ask yourself, what is my intention for wanting this? So Tim, in, in your book, you, you talk a lot about the, the whole nature of the culture of success and what the culture around us is telling us of what success really is. How do we break out of that though? I mean, it's everywhere about defining success. How do, how do we break out of that and focus in a different way? Yeah. Um, I was just, uh, listening to an interview with Ginny Rometty, who's the former CEO of IBM. And, um, she said a, a line that I think is applicable here. And she was talking about how she becoming the first female CEO of IBM, how inspiring that could be for other, you know, women, because she said, quote, like you cannot be what you cannot see. And so what I think is cool is. And, and how I've applied this to, you know, what you're asking is you can start to break out of this culture by seeing people who are doing things and defining success in a way that is much more fulfilling and is much more in line with the person that you want to become. And, you know, I, I really love when I come across stories like this, and, and this is uh, one from Tim Cook, who's the CEO, uh, CEO of Apple. Yeah. So, for years, if people know anything about Tim Cook, uh, he was COO under Steve Jobs. So this was this particular conversation video that I saw of him was a couple of years after Steve Jobs had passed. So Steve Jobs passes, Tim takes over as CEO, and they're um, releasing the Apple Watch which was the first product that had been released, like major product release. They, they had released some phones and computers. This is the first new product since you know, Steve's passing. And so he's on national television being interviewed and the person says, you know, so is this it for you, the moment of your career at Apple? And if you're Tim Cook, 
put yourself in that seat for a second. How are you responding? The unhealthy response would be something of him trying to prove himself and show other people how he's the guy for the job, for it to be a moment for him to take that spotlight, which you, know, you could argue is very warranted. But his response showed me a, a lot about him as a person and as a leader. And what he said was, you know, I don't think about myself that much. Like it's a moment for Apple. I, I don't think about myself that much. So I have seen in the process of writing this book and compiling stories, so many models that show me how I want to live, the kind of leader that I want to be, the type of person that I want to be. So there's a lot of people out there saying, you know, to be successful, it looks like fame and money and power. But, you know, when I look out at a person like Tim Cook, I'm actually seeing a very type, very different type of, of thing modeled. And so I'm starting to and have been shifting my view. I'm getting out of this current, this, this thing that is in culture right now, preaching this one message. And the way that I get out of that is constantly reminding myself of stories like the Tim Cook and trying to keep that front and center in my mind as I do my work to live one decision or one day at a time, more like these people that I've identified as being in the secret society of success. And so I am trying to constantly live one day at a time, one decision at a time, um, like the way of the secret society. And I think that is the way that, that you start to find your, uh, your way out. Yeah. So in, in your book at that point, uh, there's, you have so many great insights. You have a quote here from Viktor Frankl, uh, where it's, I, I'm reading it, I'm rereading it because it is so counterintuitive. You know where I'm going here. Can I read it, Tim? Is that yeah, right? oh, please. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's dedication to a cause greater than oneself. In the long run, in the long run, I say, success will follow you precisely because you had forgotten to think about it. Wow. So I you get got, chills just hearing you read that. You got to piece that together for me because that is not how we're normally thinking about success. So how did this fit into your thinking of the secret society? Yeah. Uh, it all kind of goes back to, to these, these models, these people that have shown me a new way to live. And, you know, LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players of, of all time. Yeah. And um, what I think is interesting as you look at the 2020 season, so LeBron and the Lakers, I guess no spoiler alert because this is several years later. They, they won. They, they won the NBA Finals. Hey, don't tell and, me. Yeah, exactly. So what a lot of people don't know is there's actually a second trophy that is given out at the end of every season, um, and it's to the scoring leader. And so for a person like LeBron, you'd expect him to, you know, want to win that thing. I mean, Michael Jordan won it, like, I think 10 out of 13 years that he was in the NBA. And so LeBron is one of the greatest players ever. Um, you, you would imagine that is the thing that he's chasing. But I think is interesting is in 2020, LeBron didn't win the scoring title. You know, um, he wasn't even in the top five. But what I love is when you look at the stat sheet, the person who led the league in assists that year was LeBron James. Yeah. 
Ah, so the way that LeBron chose to play and ultimately how he and his team won was by him involving others and being a part of the team, setting them up to win, not for him to take over games and try to show the world how good he was as a person. Let's actually look at approaching our lives more by helping others win, assisting others, being all about the assist. What if we chose to do that today versus making it about us? Because that is, I think, what Victor is talking about here when it comes to finding a success that is more impactful and meaningful in our lives. I think that's a great challenge for the day. I mean, as, as we all are now listening to this and thinking about what our next steps are today, how can you be that type of leader that is focused more on the team? How can you be focused more on the assist today? And I think that's a great next step for those listening who are wondering, how do I, right? How do I begin making that shift? It's not easy, but that's a one simple way. Tim, that takes some confidence though. I tell you what, let me tell you for me, as a younger leader, I was in pharmaceutical uh, industry for years. I was VP of medical sales. And looking back on it, I was not part of that secret society. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was very much uh, chasing something. I, I wanted the next promotion, the next position. And looking back on it, I wasn't happy. And I remember a moment looking around saying, I really don't know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. <laughs> and a mentor helped me think about what's next for me. And since that time, it's been an evolution, but going right back to it, I think I was just very, very insecure and not confident. And so that forced me or, or caused me to be wanting the spotlight as opposed to how can I assist others? Your thoughts on how do we then take those steps to become that type of a leader and to build that type of a team? Yeah. You got to get some of those wins, right? Like if it, I can say all this, like, no, 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 guys, success actually looks like assisting others, not in trying to, you know, make things great for yourself. I, I, I do feel like that's a byproduct, but if we are only doing it for ultimately us to get the, the thing that we want, then that also is not a great spot to be either. It's like, it, it, it's giving with conditions and um, that's just not the kind of person that I want to be. And so in my time at StoryBrand, I, I hired every single employee in, in that time. And so as you can imagine, I got to see a lot of resumes and had a lot of interviews. And um, there was a day that somebody submitted their, their application and they had one of my favorite companies listed on their resume. I was so excited to talk to them. I know what that's because like. Because I wanted to find out what it was like to, you know, work at, at a company like this. And it's a multi-billion dollar brand. It, if I said it out loud, everyone would know. Nobody there has your back. And I'm like, what, what do you mean nobody there has your back? And she said, it's, the environment is very competitive, which isn't bad, but it's more, everyone there was more interested in getting the next thing that they wanted. So the alternative to that would be a team, right? More like LeBron James style, which is, hey, whether or not, you know, he, he has success, I believe that him being about the assist is the way for him to achieve success. But, you know, regardless, he just has committed to living his life and, and modeling his work in that way. 
But when you have somebody there that's posturing or just trying to get that promotion, they're not investing any time thinking about anybody else that themselves. So success is not necessarily about revenue. What kind of company do you want to create or work at? Right after that happened, I had that conversation, you know, where the company I hear, you know, nobody there has your back. We're having a, a staff meeting in our company and somebody, we do shout outs at the end of every staff meeting, people calling out, you know, and recognizing others for the work that they're doing that may or may not ever be recognized. So we just made it a point at StoryBrain. We never wanted that nobody there has my back to, to be a part of what we do. So we're doing shout outs at the end of a staff meeting and um, someone named Josh gave a shout out to somebody. And uh, he said, you know, it feels like this is a team that is competitive, but they're competitive with one another, not against. Nice. And so that, that is more the way that I, I think I'm wanting to, uh, to live. And, and it's the kind of companies and cultures that I'm hoping that more of us cre could, cre or, you know, can create, but uh, it happens one person and one decision at a time. Like, are we going to choose to, you know, make this about ourselves? Or are we willing to kind of compete with one another? And where that will lead us, it might take a little bit for you to gain that confidence that this is actually the path that you want to live. But even going back to something we were talking about earlier, I think you feel it. You know the right thing to do. You just got to do it and believe that the, you know, the rest is going to take care of itself. What if someone's listening and thinking, boy, I'm really off track. As a leader, I could do more. Um, <laughs> maybe as a, as, a, as, a, as a parent, a spouse. Um, what, what would you tell someone who really wants to take some immediate next steps to try to get back on track and to become part of this secret society of success and start living in that way? Before you can fix anything, you have to be aware of it, right? So at first, just this conversation today, I hope is step one of somebody even knowing that there's a difference in these two things. <laughs> Am I operating out of the spotlight mindset, you know, unhealthy desire for attention and recognition? Am I living out of that? Or was that decision or was that response, was that email modeled more in the way of the secret society? And so self-awareness, I think is, is the first thing, but then you have the the option to act on it. And so the way that you start to put this into your life is you're aware of these situations. And, and now you have the decision when the next one comes up to choose one of those two paths. And so what's great is if you want to build a company culture, if you want to be a team member that lives in this way, um, it, it really does feel like, uh, it, it really does feel like something that you just do one step at a time. There is no, we're going to make massive progress today. It's like it, that will accumulate over time. But what's more important is, you know, take some of the pressure off yourself and just start to make one good decision at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something we, we can do, right? It's not, uh, don't try to change the world in day one, but small yeah. steps done consistently uh, in that magic moment about sending that email or having that staff meeting, it's those small decisions done consistently can create an amazing culture for your team, but also it can change you as a leader. 
So Tim, in your evolution of becoming a more, you know, a different type of leader, defining success for you and for your family, uh, what, what mentors have you had in your life that have helped you guide in this way and helped you develop over time? The, the most fun part of this book is I get to talk about all of these mentors. Some of them are people that I know, and a bunch of them are people that I, I don't know. And as a kind of how I am wired, I love to learn. I am constantly consuming podcasts, reading books. You know, I, I watch these late night shows just to watch the interviews. I just love learning from people. And so um, what a book looks like, writing a book, what that really looks like, it's a massive research paper. So I constantly have my antenna up and am looking for some of these stories to drop into the book. So, you know, the mentors that I've had are so many of these people that I, that I write about in the book. Um, and, you know, one, one in particular, he actually is a friend of mine and, you know, we golf from time to time. Scott Hamilton is one of the greatest human beings on the planet. So Scott won the Olympic gold medal in figure skating. Uh, and he has shown me that success actually looks like embracing challenges and, and learning from failure. Cause I think there's so much of of our lives where we view success as this, you know, straight line to the top, you know, everything is up and to the right. There are no challenges in the journey of successful people. And, and what I've learned from Scott, who has actually accomplished success at the highest level professionally, I've actually learned from him that that is not at all, you know, what success looks like. And so what I've learned from him is, is that if, we actually have to look at, at challenges that we're up against um, as kind of these launching platforms into you know, that next step. And so he has something called the Scott Hamilton Skating Academy here in Nashville. And there's people who come, as you could imagine, to learn how to do what Scott has done. I think they probably just want to learn how to do backflips on the ice, if we're honest, right? Like, right. who wouldn't want to be able to who do that? That's incredible. Who doesn't? And, you know, what I really love is what Scott does um, whenever he's, whenever he has someone come to the Scott Hamilton Stadium Academy, the first thing that he teaches them how to do is to fall. He teaches them how to fail because he knows that that is actually the path to success. And I love, this is a, 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 a thing that I've learned from him, a quote, it's like, what's the point of doing anything if it's easy? It's so much more valuable when a challenge has to be overcome. And so as I look at these mentors, you know, through, through personal relationships or just from people I've heard on podcasts, interviews, um, I'm picking up these little nuggets of wisdom and, and trying to apply it to my life. So from a friend, a guy who's a, a great golfer, Scott Hamilton, you know, I'm, I'm learning what it looks like to embrace failure as a, a path to success. Yeah, I appreciate that story very much because for all the leaders out there, I don't care where you are in your career, if you're brand new or you've, you've been doing you're leading for 30 years, boy, I tell you what, get a mentor. Find people in your life that can influence your thinking and that you can learn from. Uh, that is a shortcut to success in the right way when you find the right people <laughs> who can yeah. put their arm around you and teach you some different principles like what you just shared there, Tim, and what's with Scott Hamilton. Appreciate that story very much. It's spot on. 
how, how does how does this fit into becoming the best leader that you can be? What would you say to those young leaders out there that are looking to make that change? Any leader? Yeah. So you know when I know that this is a bit of a spectrum. So in writing this book, I'm mindful that most people are walking in with this kind of cultural narrative of success looks like you know stepping into that spotlight, climbing yeah. the ladder, being the boss, you know. But what I think I'm trying to get people to is, and this is a hard thing for people to welcome on, you know, day one, but I really have found that the leaders that I've been most inspired by are, are ones who are willing to serve. I mean, I think that is kind of the, the punchline here. So, you know, what does it look like to serve and how can that actually impact, you know, your company and, um, you know, the, or, you know, your company as the leader or just as somebody who's a part of that team. So I, I tell this story in the last chapter of the book, but, um, you know, this is really a, along the lines of creating cultures of service. And so there's Alan Mulally, who's the former CEO of Ford. And, you know, when, when Alan took over, the company was preparing the post the, the biggest annual loss in its 103-year history, $12.7 billion. Hmm. That's a lot of money to lose. So they bring in Alan Mulally, and um, he was able to turn a profit for several consecutive years um, starting in, in 2009. So that's just three years after he started. And so how do you move a massive ship like that? How do you actually transform an entire company culture? And I argue that it's the way that he actually was modeling for his team. Um, you know, we, we look to these people to, we look to leaders to show us how to act and how to behave. And I love what he says. So here's a, a quote from um, uh, an interview I, I heard with Alan Lally. He says, at the most fundamental level, at the most fundamental level, it is an honor to serve at whatever type or size of organization you're privileged to lead, whether it is for-profit or non-profit, it is an honor to serve. Starting from that foundation, it is important to have a compelling vision and a comprehensive plan. Positive leadership conveying the idea that there's always a way forward is so important because that is what you're here for, to figure out how to move the organization forward. Critical to doing that is reinforcing the idea that everyone is included. Everyone is part of the team and everyone's contribution is respected. So everyone should participate. When more people feel accountable and included, it is more fun. It is just more rewarding to do things in a supportive environment. So he talks about a couple things here. The first, which I think is most impactful, is him just viewing his work and his position as he is just here to serve. And then he speaks to the collaborative nature by which they do their work. Everyone matters. Every show, everyone showing up and playing their part is what makes the whole thing go. And so if we want to build or contribute to you know, company cultures um, that are different maybe than what they look like now, it is each of us kind of posturing ourselves and, sh and sh kind of shifting our mindset to be more willing to serve others. And, you know, we've talked about serving others and some, you know, with some different vernacular throughout this conversation, but serving others actually looks like helping each other's, uh, helping others win, being all about the assist, you know, giving others credit that 
that is all a part of serving others, which is really under this massive umbrella of you know, what I call living in the way of, uh, of the secret society. So that's how we do it. We, right. it it's you know, like Gandhi says, be the change you wish to see in the world. So that's it. How do we just show up today and, uh, and model that wherever we are? Well, I'll tell you what, The Secret Society of Success, Tim, your book is just filled with so many incredible stories that reinforce that point. So it's, a, it's the right message at the right time, I have to tell you. Tim, where, where can we reach you at and how do we follow you and stay in touch with you? Yeah, it, um, secretsocietybook.com is um, going to get you to the right space in, in terms of being able to find the book. It's available Target, Amazon, wherever. Um, and then I'm at... Uh, at Tim Schur on Instagram, T-I-M-S-C-H-U-R-R-E-R. Tim, it has been so much fun. Thanks for being here on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. So grateful for uh, you inviting me. I've loved it. So that's Tim Schur, and the book is The Secret Society of Success. So what did you take from that conversation? I took a lot of notes. If you had to force me to pick just one, I'm going to say focus on the assist. That's my takeaway. How about yours? Whatever it is, my challenge to you is implement it in your life today, not tomorrow, next week. Try it, practice it, and see how it, how it works for you. Take it around the block and just see if it ha- how it helps you become an, uh, a better leader and helps you enjoy leadership and enjoy your career even more. And his definition of success is truly thought-provoking. Now, if you love this episode, please leave a review. Let us know that. And follow me on Instagram at DarrenJohnson1. Drop me a message. Let me know how you're liking the episodes. And join the I Dare You Podcast community on Instagram. We can be found at I Dare You Pod. And now get ready for episode 13 next week where we continue these conversations. And thank you again for listening to this podcast and for sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week.